What's up, everybody? I'm Christina Royster, and this is episode 138 of Young Black and Opinionated. I'm a little sick today, like, actually a lot sick. I feel like I have a cold. I hope it's not the Rona, y'all. I'm vaccinated. Like, come on, give me a break. (laughs) But we're going to power through this episode anyway. Before I begin, make sure you subscribe, and you can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The YBO Podcast. All right, let's get into it. You know we gotta start the episode with Put Y'all On. Put Y'all On is the segment of the show where I put my audience on to my favorite thing of the week. It could be food, music, TV, whatever. This week, I'm putting y'all on to Virginia Beach Water Sports. If anybody is finding themselves on the East Coast this summer and you go down to Virginia Beach, make sure you check out John and Bethany over at Virginia Beach Water Sports. I cannot praise them enough. They were so awesome. This past weekend, me and my friends went to Virginia Beach for the 4th of July. It wasn't for the 4th of July. It was for my friend's birthday. My friend Brianna, she's been on the show before. Her birthday is on the actual 4th of July. So everybody else was like, oh, 4th of July. And I was not even thinking about 4th of July. I forgot it was the 4th of July. I was just concerned about my friend's birthday. So we had a really, really good time out on the water with Virginia Beach Water Sports. We did the tubing, y'all. I love the water, and I'm like an adventurous person, but this was a little bit scary because my friends went before me, and they flipped over on the tube into the water, and that had me nervous because I do not like going upside down and stuff underwater. I'm not trying to have water go up my nose, so I was holding on for dear life, and that, let me tell you something, John, John, the um, boat captain, he was definitely trying to get us to flip. He was, he thought it was funny, Kiki. I didn't think it was funny. He was really hitting some turns trying to make us flip because he knew we were scared but overall John and his wife Bethany uh they really treated us nice and you know they let us put the aux cord on and we was jamming out uh not not too much of a party boat he said it would not be wise for us to drink on the boat (laughs) but we had such a good time out in Virginia and I really needed that break y'all I really just needed a vacation and now I'm so excited because I'm going to Puerto Rico in a couple weeks I have not been out of the country since 2019 and I have not been on a plane since maybe 20 no I think it was 2019 too but still that's like two years like COVID really changed everything and I'm excited to get back out there like even though I'm sick right now but uh you can't you can't keep a real one down okay you can't keep a real one down and I'm gonna be out there soon so yeah Virginia Beach Water Sports that's my put y'all on I really enjoyed them a lot and You can check out my Instagram for some fabulous pictures of me on a boat. All right, let's kick things off with the news. What was happening in the news this week? You know I have to talk about this racist incident that happened in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Mount Laurel is the town right next door to where I grew up. I grew up in Marlton, New Jersey. Uh, You might be familiar with the Marlton, Mount Laurel, Morristown area, all the M's, whatever. I grew up there, and so this is hitting too close to home. This is really in my own backyard. And this man, uh, what's his name? He looked like a damn Oompa Loompa. Edward Matthews, age 45, was caught on video that has since gone viral, uh, shouting racial slurs at his neighbors. And he is being charged with three hate crimes, two charges of harassment, and one charge of trespassing. So thank God he is locked up. And um, he gonna say, 
I cannot apologize enough. I was drunk. I was out of line. I let my anger get the best of me. Sir, I don't, I don't give a fuck how drunk you were. They say that drunk minds speak sober thoughts, and I believe you meant every word you said. I believe you meant every N-word that you dropped. So don't try to give me that. Don't try to backpedal now. No. You are being charged with six offenses, and you were caught on a viral video, and apparently there have been protests out there. I was out of town, so I wasn't here to see it. But um, there have been protests, and a small group of protesters actually gathered outside of the police department, uh, angered by the initial officer who encountered Matthews in the first video. So, yeah, it's just a lot going on. And what makes me nervous is I appreciate the black people going out there and protesting, but I'm nervous because they are in this you know little white Mount Laurel community. I'm afraid that is something is gonna pop off. Something something not kosher is gonna pop off. And what I mean is maybe some other neighbors will get angry and bring out some guns. I don't know. So I am worried for the safety of black people protesting. You know, that's why I have not gone out and protested. I, I have not joined my brothers and sisters out on the front lines because I'm scared. I'm scared for my life, and I'm not afraid to admit that. So I do definitely commend the people who are out there protesting, but I want them to be careful. I just want them to be careful, that's all. And so um, this, this man, this is what happened. A black woman in the neighborhood called police on Friday. Today, I'm recording this on Wednesday. She said that Matthews was harassing her, approaching her front door and shouting racial slurs, according to prosecutors. She had previously told police she suspected Matthews of criminal mischief involving her car. And a doorbell camera captures Matthews bringing his dogs to her front yard, repeating a racial slur and thrusting his hips in a vulgar way. Ugh, protect black women, please. Ugh, this man is disgusting. I hope he goes to jail and rots in prison. It's just too close to home. It's like, you always think like, oh, that's happening over there in Minneapolis. That's happening over there in, in, in Compton. No, it's happening right here in Mount Laurel. This man looks like a damn fool. Oh my God, I can't watch this. Ugh. I, I haven't watched the video in, in, in detail because I, I just can't. I'm just sad because Mount, Mount Laurel and Marlton are very, you know, predominantly white neighborhoods and... Um, we were never really welcome here, to be honest. I've talked about my upbringing in Marlton on the show, and we were never really welcome here. So it just makes me sad that um, I'm being proven right. I'm being proven right that this, this space is not for us, and even your own neighbors will shout racial slurs at you. They don't want you here. So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. But let's move on to something a little more uh, national. I was on Twitter, and somebody asked this stupid question. It's stupid to me, but we'll see what y'all think. Is it tacky to eat the free bread at the restaurant? Like, as soon as it comes out. That was the question at hand. And I don't even know why y'all be thinking about this stuff. Who thinks like this? Who thinks, oh, it's tacky of me to eat the free bread at the restaurant? The answer is no. In my opinion, the answer is no. I don't understand why this was even brought up. Like, I saw somebody tweet, Oh, I'm going to the restaurant specifically for the bread. I will eat the bread before the meal, during the meal, after the meal, and I'll take some bread home. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what, this is the thing. This like, this new culture, I don't know what you want to call it. Everybody thinks that they're so bad and bougie and better 
than things when you're really not. Like, you're not even in that tax bracket, sweetie, so shut up and eat the free bread. Like, I've asked on this podcast before, who has the best free bread? Texas Roadhouse, Olive Garden. I recently went to Cheesecake Factory, and that bomb, that that bread is still bomb and still hits. So I don't know why this question came up in my timeline, but I just had to share that because I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? In my Giveon voice. Um, now, what's going on with television this week? Oh, my God, you guys. Lovecraft Country will not be renewed for a second season. <laughs> why? Why did they do this? Did it not get enough love? Did it not give enough attention? They really didn't give a good reason. I'm really still sick about it and looking for a reason because I enjoyed the show. Was the show confusing? Yes. Was it off the rails? Yes, but it was good. The fuck, it was good. The show, I didn't even understand what was going on sometimes and I still enjoyed it. It was just so good to watch. It was sci-fi. It was magic. It was black history, all of this stuff combined, and they canceled it. So this is what I saw online. The network confirmed the news to Deadline, also sharing a statement in regards to the cancellation. This is what HBO had to say. We will not be moving forward with the second season of Lovecraft Country. We are grateful for the dedication and artistry of the gifted cast and crew, and to Misha Green, who crafted this groundbreaking series, and to the fans, thank you for joining us on this journey. That's it? That's all they had to say? Oh, I'm sick. And so Misha Green put out a tweet that I guess was like a preview to what season two could have been. And it looked really interesting. She said, a taste of the season two Bible. Wish we could have brought you Lovecraft country supremacy. Thank you to everyone who, who watched and engaged. So she shared a map of America that has a key where green is the tribal nations of the West. And that stretches from California to about uh, Illinois. And then the white lands is white. Everywhere from like Texas to West Virginia. And then we have the New Negro Republic, which is from like the basically the South, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, parts of Texas. And then finally the Jefferson Commonwealth in yellow, which is like the New England area. So I don't know what this is supposed to be. Oh, th this is what the caption says. The next generation season two of Lovecraft country begins in a new world. And that new world is a country that sits precisely where the United States used to sit. Welcome to the sovereign States of America. So yeah, season two is not happening. And I'm really sad because finally I just felt like we were getting some interesting black shows. Like this was really good. I don't, there's really no rhyme or reason for them to cancel it where the ratings not up to par. I don't understand. And so now journey Smollett and Jonathan majors are going to be out of the job. I'm sure they'll bounce back. They both find work easily, but I'm just really sad that we won't get to see more of this show. It just ended abruptly. So, um, yeah, Lovecraft country, not returning for season two. I'm sorry. I do not sound like myself on this episode. Y'all I told you I was sick. <laughs> My nose dripping and stuff. Okay, what else have I been watching? Lost Girls on Netflix. So Lost Girls is a 2020 film. It's a Netflix original mystery slash drama. And it is about the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert. It is based on a true story. 
So, um, a sex worker by the name of Shannon Gilbert went missing in Long Island, like a very affluent white neighborhood in uh, Long Island. She was white herself, for the record. And um, she didn't have the best home life. Her She didn't have a great relationship with her mom. But her mom and her sister start looking for her because they're like, we haven't heard from her in days. And um, they want to know what's up. And somebody actually called her house to say like, oh yeah, I saw Shannon and I helped her. So the mom was like, okay, that's weird. So then come to find out Shannon is not the only girl missing and there have been multiple girls who have either gone missing or were found murdered in Long Island. And this is a true story, y'all. So uh, what's her name? Amy Ryan plays the mom and she did a good job. I'm not gonna hold you. She really played that part. She played the chain-smoking, ain't-shit welfare mom. She played it very well. And she looked a hot mess. They made her look a mess on purpose, and they did a very good job. But um, the whole movie was very interesting. Just the fact of knowing that it's a true story, I had to look it up afterwards because I wanted to know what else happened. I don't want to spoil anything, but also I will say that her other daughter had uh, mental health issues. I believe she was schizophrenic, and that plays a part in the show, I mean, in the movie as well, and in real-life events. If you watch it, you'll see what I mean. Just look it up. Just look up Shannon Gilbert murder in Long Island. And it just reminded me of how sex workers, prostitutes, whatever you want to call them, the, the, the correct term is sex workers, they go missing, they get murdered, and people blame them. They don't get the same attention as... Uh, little cheerleaders from the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? The media paints them out to be at risk and they don't get the help that they need. They don't They don't get the support from the police. The police did not take this seriously until they found like nine bodies. Like it shouldn't have taken that long. And actually the mom even said on the movie, she was like, my daughter called, the, called 911 at 451 and y'all didn't get there until 540. Why did it take an hour for the police to come help a girl who was crying for help? And it's simply because they didn't take it seriously. They didn't care. They don't care about sex workers. And, you know, I have I have a, 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 a new outlook on sex work. And I just feel like people get money in different ways. And you're not, it's not up to you to judge how people get their money. And no matter how this girl got her money, her life mattered. She did not deserve to, well, I guess I just ruined it. She did die. She did end up dying. So she did not deserve that. And, uh, this is a very interesting movie and I really hope that you guys take the chance to watch it. Um, it came out in 2020, so I guess it kind of just flew under my radar. All these movies that came out last year, like, I guess nobody was really checking for them. Um, and then another movie that just came out, Summer of Soul. Where's my notes on this? I wanted to make sure I, um, gave y'all the right notes. Yes, Summer of Soul. This is a Questlove joint. Questlove is, uh, producing this. And... This is basically showing archival footage over the course of six weeks during the summer of 1969. The same summer as Woodstock, mind you. Thousands of people attended the Harlem Cultural Festival to celebrate black history, culture, music, and fashion. So there was performances by Stevie Wonder, um, Aretha Franklin, and just a whole bunch of other awesome black soul singers. And we never really knew about this. Well, at least I didn't. I never knew this existed. So forget Woodstock. Now we've got Summer of Soul, and um, I'm just excited because 
I've talked about the podcast before how like movies, television shows, podcasts, this is the way that we document our history. And apparently this footage of the festival has just been locked in a basement for 50 years because TV and film companies weren't interested in it. And so now Questlove said, hey, I'm interested and I'll put it out there. So it is available on Hulu. And I think it's in theaters actually as well. It's called Summer of Soul, so make sure you check that out on Hulu. All right, my last topic for today is about Sha'Carri Richardson. One minute you're on the top, what do they say? The harder they rise, the harder they fall. Or the faster they rise, the harder they fall. Whatever the phrase is. The point is, Sha'Carri Richardson will not be participating in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics due to the fact that she tested positive for marijuana. Now, look, I'm going to just say, I already said this on Instagram, and I'm going to say this here. Who among us hasn't experimented with weed, okay? Y'all looking like this girl smoked crack. This girl just smoked a little blunt because she admitted to the Today Show she was under a lot of pressure training for the Olympics as well as dealing with the grief of losing her biological mother. That's how the girl coped. She smoked a little weed, and a little blunt is not going to change her athletic performance. Let's be real. It's not like she she did um performance enhancing drugs. Look at freaking Lance Armstrong took steroids for years and won multiple multiple awards, multiple Tour de France. And this little girl smokes a little blunt and she gets kicked out of the Olympics. So her career is not over. Her career is definitely not over in my opinion. She will be back. And let me just read what Shakari had to say for herself because I knew something. I knew something was weird when. I logged online and I saw her um, tweet, I am human. I was like, hmm, what's that mean? And then I saw the news and I was like, damn, 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 damn. And then they said there might be a chance that she um, would be eliminated from the individual race, but she could still participate in the relay, but that's been shot down as well. So she will not be participating at all. And she said, this is what she had to say. I am human. The support of my community. I thank y'all the negative, forget y'all and enjoy the games because we all know it won't be the same. She said, I'm sorry. I can't be y'all Olympic champ this year, but I promise I'll be your world champ next year. Then she also went on to say all these perfect people that know how to live life. I'm glad I'm not one of them. And, um, she also went on to say the attention that is on track now was because of very, very few names. So if that's where fan support lay, you can't be mad at that. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I think she's trying to say like, Y'all wasn't even checking for Olympic track until my name came up. And now all of a sudden y'all don't want to support track because I smoked a little weed. So, um, here's, here's something that I found interesting. Somebody tweeted people talking about rules are rules, but half of y'all couldn't even abide by public health guidelines during a pandemic. Exactly. And I think president Joe Biden is the one who said rules are rules to the Shakari thing. Listen, I agree. The rules are the rules. If you're not supposed to smoke weed, you shouldn't smoke weed. But somebody tweeted something that really started to um, make my gears turn a little bit. And this is what she said. Kayla Kisses tweeted, as a black American, I I can never get behind the rules are rules thing because rules kept my ancestors in chains. And I know very well how rules are applied differently for different people. And I want to talk about that for a second. Are rules really the rules? Because when you have white privilege, do the rules abide? Do you have to abide by the rules? Do you have to follow the rules? Do the rules apply to you when you're white? No. Or, or I'll say this. You might get a little slap on the wrist, 
that's it. You might get a little slap on the wrist. I mean, look recently, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd's murder, 22 years, that's it? If you, if you murder somebody, you need to be going away for life. 22 years, and he'll probably only serve 10? Yeah, are rules really the rules? No, the rules are applied differently when you are black. And I just feel like, in general, at these Olympics, they have been very hard on these black athletes. For whatever reason, y'all don't want us to win gold. I guess Simone Biles was enough. Y'all say, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. It's too many black people up in there. It's too many Negroes doing in these Olympics now. Come on now. <laughs> and it's not funny, but it's true because look at what they're doing with the swim caps. A swim cap made for black hair will get a second look from swimming's governing body. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for giving us a second look after you already denied us. If you're not familiar with this story, let me just read you a synopsis from NPR. The International Swimming Federation says it will revisit its decision barring a swimming cap designed specifically for natural black hair from being used in competition. The makers of the sole cap, a product tailor-made so that swimmers with voluminous Afro-textured hair can protect their hair while in the water, said on Instagram last week that the sport's governing body had denied their application for certification. The decision effectively ensured the cap would not be in use when the Olympic Games began this month. Now the news drew considerable backlash, prompting the International Swimming Federation, also known as FINA, 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 I don't know, to release a statement on Friday acknowledging the public response and announcing that it was reviewing the situation. Oh, so now you want to review the black swim caps after we done had to be in an uproar. Okay, mind you, Alice Deering, who is slated to become the first ever black woman to represent Great Britain in swimming at the Olympics this year, is an ambassador for Soul Cap. So, what's the real tea? You guys are being very harsh on this little girl who smoked some weed. You're being very harsh on the black Afrocentric uh, swim caps. Then I saw something else about y'all trying to stop a, another country's team from competing because their T levels were too high. What's the real T? It's starting to look racist. It's starting to look very racist. It's looking, it's smelling like mm, racism. I don't understand how rules are rules when black people are just put under way more scrutiny, period. I don't think y'all, if this was a little white girl, I don't think they would be nearly as hard on her, on the way they're being hard on Shakari. And somebody tweeted, Shakari Richardson didn't ask for an exception to be made. She didn't ask for the rules to be changed, didn't offer an excuse. She understood the rules. She knew she broke them. She accepted full responsibility for her action. And I see a lot of folks pretending otherwise. Y'all are acting like Shakari said, let me run, let me run. No, 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 no. Everybody else spoke up for Shakari and said, let the girl run. So don't get it twisted. She admitted her mistake. She's not expecting any special privileges because as black people, we understand that when we break the rules, that's it. We don't get a slap on the wrist. We don't get a second chance. We, don't, we, we can't afford to make mistakes. As black women, we can't even afford to make mistakes. You have to be perfect at all times. So Shakari, I'm sorry that the media is treating you this way. And I'm sorry if you think you let your fans down. We wanted to see you in the Olympics, but baby girl, this is not the end for you. And we know that we will be seeing you again. And it's not just this, it's not just the Olympics. Just think about all the other rules that have been put in place, quote rules that have been put in place to keep black people back. Redlining, for example, and housing. And I wanted to read y'all this little thing. Uh, here, here we go. This is from the skim. How have rules kept black people back? 
How have rules only been applied to black people? Let's talk about home ownership. Home ownership can be a significant way to build wealth in the U.S., but black Americans have long been left out. First, because they weren't legally allowed to own property as enslaved people, and later because of a series of federal and local policies, including segregated federal housing projects and redlining. Redlining is a practice that started in the 1930s to determine which neighborhoods were worthy of mortgage loans. Neighborhoods that were considered a higher credit risk were outlined in red. Guess who mostly lived in those neighborhoods? The practice kept black people from being able to buy homes and it wasn't banned until the 1960s. Then we have the Fair Housing Act. It bans discrimination when it comes to buying or renting a home. But experts say the effects of redlining are still visible today. So, and how you ask? In 2019, black home ownership fell to a record low since the Citizens Department began keeping track. At one point in that year, the home ownership rate began among white people was 73% compared to 40% among black people. Education, it just goes on and on. Employment and all of these things, housing, education, employment, when you put them together, it contributes to the large wealth gap. So don't tell me rules are rules because if little Johnny, little white Johnny broke the rules, if little white Johnny smoked some weed, I bet you he wouldn't get eliminated. I bet you he would still be, still be competing. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know how the Olympics work, but I just feel like it's just not fair for rules to be put in place that it's called systemic racism. There, it's called systemic racism. That's the rules. It's systemic. It's systemic because the system was not built for black people. The system was actually built to keep us out of things. So, yeah, our rules really rules. Shakari, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry because I wouldn't want people to judge me for eating an edible. I wouldn't want people to judge me for smoking a blunt. And I'm sorry that you're going through this in the spotlight, but she will overcome this. And she's still a superstar in my eyes. All right, on a lighter note, let's talk about my favorite tweets this week, shall we? One of my favorite tweets this week, I love this segment, by the way. I just send myself, I DM myself tweets. I'm like, talk about this later on the podcast. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets was by... Uh, Sensei Huncho and this tweet says out for delivery just isn't enough I need to know what street you on amen to that I know that's right shoot these food delivery be like your order is on the way okay like how long like where can you drop a pin can you drop a location let me know because I might need to eat a snack while I'm waiting on you these delivery hours are killing me right so I really enjoyed that tweet and then we had, don't ask me for a five-year plan. I live my life day-to-day -day like I'm a cartoon character by Lil' Gasly. I know that's right because <laughs> I'm really just surviving day-to-day. -day. I don't know. I don't know what might happen tomorrow. I'm a cartoon character out here. I'm a little avatar. I, shoot, I don't even change my clothes half the time, so I am an avatar. <laughs> and finally, these Vin Diesel fa family memes, yo, this shit had me laughing this week. I haven't even seen Fast and Furious 9. But these uh, memes of Vin Diesel are hilarious. Because you know his whole thing is like family, family. And, okay, here's one. Here's a funny um, family feud one. Steve Harvey says, we asked 100 people, name something stronger than a gorilla. And so somebody says, an elephant? That was only the second answer. Steve Harvey says, Dom, family? Family is the number one answer. Or what about the Thanos ones? Where he's like, Dom, that's suicide. Thanos is strong. Not as strong as family. I have to watch this because he really be jumping off bridges, committing suicide missions, 
And his number one reasoning is family. So I need to finish the Fast and Furious series. That's a wrap on episode 138. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. And you can also leave me a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The YBO Podcast. I'm Miss Chris D on social media. That's M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And yeah, I think I covered everything. So bye for now. I'll talk to you next week.